Dark Days of Dorothy Gale contains content not suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Dark Days of Dorothy Gale Chapter 11 The Warm Welcome Mr. and Dorothy traveled the road of yellow bricks, as suggested by the Queen. This was also the path the ring had pointed them to. After a few more miles of walking, the duo found themselves in yet another small munchkin village. The locals here were far nicer than in the previous village. Children kicked a ball through the streets and ran circles around the strangers as they passed through, laughing and playing childish games as children are ones to do. Doors opened at each house and shop as they passed by, only to be greeted by the inhabitants with warm salutations. The houses which the doors did not open opened their windows and the munchkins stuck their little heads out and shouted things like, Hello! and Great! day and travel with care and the like it was as though they were the stars of a small parade oh children <laughs> a loud jovial voice boomed from behind the travelers leave these two alone <laughs> he laughed again as the children scampered away dorothy and mister stopped and turned around to see who was behind them it was a rather plump munchkin, in bright blue overalls. He had vibrant red shoes and a piercing purple-pointed hat that sat atop his head. He extended his hand. "'Welcome!' he said. Dorothy looked at Mr., who shrugged as if to say, "'Why not?' She extended her own hand and shook the munchkins with a smile as he waved it up and down vigorously with sheer excitement. I am Marvin, mayor of this munchkin village, and on behalf of all of the citizens here, small and smaller, I say welcome. As he said welcome, he jumped a little bit with his hands in the air. So... What brings you to by our humble little bird? We don't get a lot of travelers in these parts, but rest assured we are always happy to see them when we do. Do you need a place to stay? I have a lovely house with a lovely wife who is at home right now cooking a very lovely meal and would love some lovely guests to seat at our lovely dining table. Dorothy began to answer, but was interrupted by the happy little man. I won't take no for an answer. You absolutely must come for dinner. He grabbed Dorothy by the hand and led her through the town, pointing out the shops and the inhabitants of the village as they made their way to his home. That's Harry. He's the barber if you need a haircut. That's Emily's house. She makes a mighty tasty pie every fifth day, in case you're planning on staying for a while. That's where Harvey lives. 
He's always got a great joke. Not always a clean one, but always a funny one. <laughs> he continued on like this for a few minutes until they came to his house. Well, here we are. Welcome to my home. Not much, but it's where I live my life with my love. He pushed through the front door and led his visitors in. Mabel! We have company tonight. Get out the fancy dishes. Ha <laughs> He nudged Dorothy with a wink and quietly said, We don't really have fancy dishes. <laughs> Dorothy smiled politely and giggled an awkwardly forced giggle as Mr. followed close behind. Visitors? came a pleasant female voice from another room. Why? Where on earth did they come from? An equally plump munchkin woman made her way into the room. She was wearing a bright blue dress that almost dragged on the floor. It hung loose and swung side to side with each step. Up top, she wore a surprisingly tight and strangely revealing blue blouse, and nothing on her head but long, soft white hair. Not gray, not blonde, but white, that hung down to the middle of her back. Dorothy looked at Mr., and noticed him looking a little too intently at this strange, plump little woman. She nudged him with her elbow, giving him a look and muttering the words, You're a damned scarecrow. He straightened up with embarrassment. At the dinner table, Dorothy and Mr. were treated to some kind of meat that tasted vaguely of beef and a strange pink vegetable that smelled like carrots and tasted like tomatoes, all with the texture of a stalk of celery. This village is a lot nicer than the one we were just in, said Dorothy, choking down a mouthful of vegetable. <laughs> oh, yes, replied Marvin, with food still in his mouth. There is a grand story to accompany that statement. <laughs> he swallowed his food and went on to tell the story of the Great Munchkin War. The Great Munchkin War was a war in which there was no fighting, a war in which half the participants did not even know they were a part of it. You see, he said, we munchkins were here first. We've been here forever, or at least all known history. We've farmed the land, bred the families, built the communities, and lived here in peace for centuries. But for some reason, the Gillikins wanted our land. So they trekked across the land of Oz. Over the course of what had to be several years, with plans of taking it over. But I thought munchkins couldn't hurt anyone, replied a concerned Dorothy. Maybe this village was not as safe as she had originally thought. It's true, continued Marvin. We can't. That is why we never knew we were under attack. <laughs> they just showed up and we all thought we had new neighbors. We were polite and kind. Heck, we even helped them build their villages. Turns out they planned to simply outbreed us. 
crowd us out of our own land, I suppose. They underestimated us, though, he laughed. <laughs> you see, proper munchkins, which we are here, are particularly uh, virile people. He winked at Mabel, who Dorothy noticed was seemingly taken by Mr. Anyway, Marvin continued, they were going to spread out and eventually just passively take our land. <laughs> well, obviously, it hasn't worked yet. Once they realized they couldn't keep up with our head count, they began other passive-aggressive ways of war. They spooked our animals, drank our water, and some even tried to seduce our women away. <laughs> it was no use, though. We're just too polite. We helped them do all of that, and happily replenished our resources every time. It wasn't until eight years into the war that we overheard some Gillikins talking about how the war effort wasn't going as well as planned. So they called it off. As far as we can tell, they called it off anyway. Some of them went back home, or at least tried to, but many of them, well, most of them, just stuck around because, well, why not? They had established lives here, grown farms and families, and to go back as failures would simply be too humiliating. So they stayed, and over time have become rather cranky. Harmless, but cranky nonetheless. Mabel here, he said, tilting his head in her general direction while looking at Dorothy, even goes and delivers them pies from time to time. Dorothy looked at Mabel, who just smiled at her, a smile that said, well, you know, that's just how it is. And then there was a moment of silence. So, said Mabel, breaking the silence that seemed to be only awkward for Dorothy, how is it you two stumbled upon our quaint little village? She was still looking at Mr. His tall stature must have piqued her interest. Marvin did not seem to notice or care. Either way, Dorothy found it to be very disturbing. We're on our way to see the green city of Emerald, chimed Dorothy, breaking the bizarre connection between her friend and hostess. I come from a land somewhere outside of Oz, and I've been told the wizard might be able to help me get back to it. The wizard? asked Marvin. <laughs> yes, he can be a great man. Or he can be a terrible man. I hope you get to see him in his greatness. Oh, asked Mr. Well, continued Marvin, he's a bit eccentric. I strongly advise showing up with a gift. Well, I have a book for him, said Dorothy. Ah, that should do the trick. He is an avid collector of literature, or so I'm told, said Marvin. Most days he's a wonderful man. I suspect you will have no trouble with him at all. Dorothy was now gravely worried. Have you ever met him before? The wizard. Ah, only once. 
he passed through here, not unlike yourself, when he arrived in Oz. He was a bit cranky, but I suppose that was to be expected. I was but a young lad at the time, though, watching in awe as he passed through. He had a warmth about him, yet at the same time, he had a cold air around him as well. Polite, but it always seemed like the politeness could only last so long. My parents took him into this very house and gave him shelter. He was a great storyteller, and boy did he have some tall tales. He told us the story of a time in which he met a man he could only dream of aspiring to be. He told me the man's name, but I forget what it was. He, he spun an incredible tale of special magic plates with words imprinted on them. Said he was the only one that could read them because they were in a language meant only for his special eyes. <laughs> anyway, he was gone before any of us awoke the next day. And time went on, and everyone had all but forgotten about him. And then, it happened. Dorothy, literally on the edge of her seat. What happened? The witches were created. And the world was plunged into a sea of despair. They burned villages, raped and pillaged leaving a path of destruction so wide in its birth that it was a miracle the world survived at all. And then what? chimed in Mister. And then the wizard appeared. He waged a one-man war against the witches. One by one he ran each of them out and into the greys, across the oceans, and deep into the frozen lands. How did he do it? asked Dorothy. Well, said Marvin with a chuckle, no one knows for sure how he did it. There are legends upon legends. Some claim he drove them out by force with iron fists. Some claim he used only his wit and ineffable charm. And some say he just struck some sort of a deal with each of them. Whatever the truth is, it hardly seems to matter now, as all the witches have been banished from the land of the colors. And those that haven't been banished have been smart enough to stay out of sight and keep to their own sordid devices. He sounds impressive, said Dorothy. Oh, very much so, replied Marvin. But enough stories. It is beyond my bedtime, and I need to get my beauty sleep. <laughs> and with that, he was up, as was Mabel. Dorothy and Mister were shown to their room for the night. It was small, but lovely. It had one window and a door that opened to a long hallway on either side of it. The house did not look so long on the outside, but inside it seemed like the halls went on forever. A very peculiar feeling. Surreal, in the truest sense of the word. 